Parenting accounts on Instagram are pushing for gender ideology this Pride Month in the name of love and openness and tolerance. Why is this such a huge problem and how do we as Christian parents respond to it? This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Hey guys, happy Tuesday. Hope everyone's having a wonderful week. All right. I want to talk to you about some uh, Instagram accounts that a lot of us previously loved, a lot of you moms out there follow, but who have hook, line, and sinker fallen for left-wing ideology when it comes to sexuality and gender. I want to respond to some of the things that they've said and give you some encouragement and equipment, hopefully, in responding to these things, and also talk about why it matters, why it's really difficult when it comes to these parenting accounts to chew the meat but spit out the bones, if you will, because this is really a lot bigger than just one or two posts about so-called Pride Month. So let's go ahead and get right into it. And I want to address one of the post that so many of you sent me by Dr. Becky Kennedy. She's got 1.8 million followers. She's a mom of three, psychologist, founder of Good Inside. She's a number one New York Times bestselling author. She's Her book, Good Inside, has a podcast of the same name. And then also, I mean, right off the bat, we've got a little bit of an issue (laughs) as Christians with this name. And I'm not saying, I'm not purporting to know everything that she's ever said. I haven't read her book. I haven't thoroughly listened to her podcast. Um, But if I am surmising correctly, it's the belief that we are all inherently good inside, which is a very new age belief. It is certainly not a Christian belief. The Christian belief is that we are sinners, completely incapable of saving ourselves, that our righteousness is as filthy rags, that of course there are good things that we can do, there are bad things that we can do, really based on God's standards, but we are not inherently good and virtuous. Actually, we don't have to be taught to sin. We don't have to be taught to lie. We don't have to be taught to be selfish. All of these things come naturally. It's virtue that really needs to be taught to us and to be formed in us and to be practiced before they can actually become principles in our life. And we talk about this in my book, You're Not Enough and That's Okay. Um, This kind of self-help, self-love idea that has become so popular in particular among women that says really inside is this beautiful inner goddess that just has to be released. And the way that you find her and release her is through this journey of self-discovery and self-fulfillment, getting out of these so-called toxic relationships, releasing the burden that society, your children or your husband or your job is placing on you and just putting yourself first and doing you, finding what makes you happy and pursuing that with reckless abandon. Then you will finally unleash this beautiful inner goddess and you will attain all of the things that you have wanted for so long, but for whatever reason, haven't actually been able to grab onto. That's what Glennon Doyle preaches. That's a lot of what Brene Brown preaches. I'm not saying that those people don't also say things that can be good and true, but that's a lot of what we hear from the self-help and self-love world. That's why 
I wrote the book that I did because that's not a biblical idea. It's not a biblical idea that we're good inside and really society has just kind of made us bad. It's that we are inherently sinful. We make society um, bad and we actually need Christ to save us. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us. We need God to tell us what right and wrong is. So I know that I'm kind of uh, deducing a lot just from the name of her book and all of that. And I understand and can sympathize with this idea that people are inherently good, but um, it's just simply not true. All of human history and even everything that we see today obviously speaks to that. So it doesn't surprise me that she also happens to be progressive in a lot of other ways because she's starting from a premise that is um, inherently different than reality and inherently different than what Christians believe, which tells me that even while she may have some good advice in some ways, I'm not saying that you can't take any advice that she has as a psychologist and a mom, but we always have to discern and realize that she's starting from a different understanding of human nature than what is actually true. And so when she posted last week about pride and making sure that your kids are celebrating pride, it wasn't really surprising to me, although it was disappointing to a lot of you, and I think rightfully so. So here's the first slide. She says, things to say to your kids to encourage openness and acceptance. And she has several tips that we'll go through. But let me read her caption. She says, openness and acceptance don't develop overnight. They don't start when our kids are teens or when they have their first romantic relationship. The seeds of tolerance, openness, and acceptance are planted now in our families when our kids are young and building internal circuitry for how they think about themselves and others. It's certainly true in the sense that it is so important to instill the values that we want to instill in our children at a young age, because that is when they're most susceptible to being taught. And they are going to listen to the people that have the most authority in their life, the people who have the most relationship equity, relational equity in their lives, so the people that they spend the most time with, the people that they respect the most, the people that care for them. And that is typically um, their parents. And so she's right about that, that it's important to instill values and principles at an early age. And this common knowledge about kids and just how malleable they are is exactly also why we see so many children's books pushing uh, left-wing sexual ideology uh, because they understand how kids grab onto ideas and how it forms and shapes them. And so she's right about that. Right away, I have questions about what openness and acceptance mean. Openness, acceptance, and tolerance. Are we talking about unconditional openness, acceptance, and tolerance? We can see pretty quickly how that could lead to bad things. We don't want to be tolerant of everything. We don't want to accept everything and everyone into our lives. We don't want to be open to every idea. Again, there are good things, there are bad things. There are good people, there are bad people. Good people in the sense that there are people who align with God's standards of kindness and goodness and morality and truth and virtue and things like that. Not good in the sense that they're inherently good and can save themselves, just to make that distinct, uh, make that distinction. But tolerance, openness, and acceptance, just right off the bat, are not necessarily virtues. Not without being defined, without having parameters around them, they're not things to which we should strive or encourage our kids uh, to strive to. Tolerance of what? Openness to what? Acceptance of what? All of those questions have to be answered before we can say that these are things that we want to teach our children. 
All right, quick pause to tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is Range Leather. I love this uh, this company, and let me just tell you, I think I can say this. It's not a surprise because my husband specifically asked for this, but for Father's Day coming up, I got my husband something from Range Leather. I won't say what it is, even though he sent me the exact link and the exact color of what he wanted, but we love the products from Range Leather. They're long lasting. I've got a lot of stuff. I've got some jewelry from there. I've got some bags from there, and it's really beautiful, handcrafted in Wyoming from this awesome family. They've been fans of Relatable for a while. It's just a really great partnership because I know that they're going to make amazing quality products for you guys. And especially right now in the month of June, one of the things that I've challenged us to do is to make sure we are supporting Christian businesses. This is a Christian business that you can support. And so get you some, maybe a wallet or a belt or something for your husband for Father's Day. It ships really quickly and uh, you're paying a really good price for something that is going to last so long. So go to rangeleather.com slash Allie for $100 off off your first custom hat order. It'd be awesome to get a custom hat also for someone in your life. And as always, you can also get 15% off all Range Leather products when you visit my landing page, rangeleather.com slash Allie for the 15% off and or $100 off your first custom hat order, rangeleather.com slash Allie, rangeleather.com slash Allie. Then she goes on to say, What we say to our kids about love matters. After all, our kids take what we say and how we act and form internal working models of how the world works. I think that's true. Yes, kids generalize from their family and infer truths about the world. True. Families that not only preach but practice tolerance, openness, and acceptance have kids who bring these values to life. This means kids who are tolerant, open, and accepting of themselves, kids who bring curiosity and not judgment to others, kids who converse with those who are different from them with the goal of understanding, not being Right. Okay. Well, that that last part irks me. Of course, we should teach our kids to be kind. Of course, we can teach our kids over time that there are different kinds of people out there, that they are going to meet people that look differently than them, that may act differently than them, that may sound differently than them. And we want to extend kindness and we want to extend God's grace to everyone. But I You don't want to teach your kids to be tolerant of everything. You don't want to teach your kids to be open to everything, to accept all things. Again, kids are looking for parameters. They need clarity. They need definitions. We as humans do, whether you're adults or whether you're kids. But if you know anything about working with children, if you've watched a child develop, if you've watched them go from baby to toddler to uh, big kid, you see that they are always trying to put things into the proper context. They're always trying to define things. They're always trying to make connections. They're always seeking clarity because the whole world is new to them. So the whole world is confusing and chaotic. And so to make things more, uh, uh, to make things more understanding for them or to make things Uh, make more sense. They really need their world to be more orderly and to be smaller. And so it is a very good thing when your child at two or three years old starts observing gender differences and starts to say things like, oh, people have mommy and daddies. People have grandma and grandpas. I'm a girl. I'm a boy. 
I wear this, boys wear this. Of course, some of it is going to be a little bit too black and white. There are some rules that they may think that all genders have to abide by that is not necessarily true. Like girls can only wear pink or boys can only wear blue, but the nuances come with time. It's important for us to actually affirm those distinctions and help better explain those distinctions, and especially from a Christian perspective. Yes, there are mommies and daddies. God made these families. God made it good. Mommy and daddy came together and made you. Like these are these are good things that we want to teach our children and to affirm to our children as they're trying to seek clarity. Just telling our children that there's nothing good, there's nothing bad, there's no distinctions or definitions that is only going to make the world more chaotic, confusing, and overwhelming to them. It is so important for them to be able to orient themselves, yes, based on their gender and based on other people's gender in the world. There are differences between male and female, and they need to understand that. There are differences in how we interact as men and women with other men and women, as boys and girls with other boys and girls. This binary, these distinctions, these definitions, I think are very important for the safety of our children and for the proper development of our children. I don't think you have to be a psychologist to understand that. I think that you just have to have some kind of observation of childhood development. And even just having been a child yourself, you understand how these regulations and how these definitions and parameters are so important. Just like in everything else, our kids need guidelines. Um they need protection. They need some form of discipline so they understand this is right, this is wrong, this is safe, this is unsafe. Um, this is also true when we teach them about the world. We don't want to teach them to be open to everything, of course. And she said, um, and then this last part, I do just want to say, those who are different from them with the, or uh, converse with those who are different from them without, with the goal of understanding not being right. So immediately my mind goes to talking to someone who is obviously a boy, who is obviously a male. And that person says, no, I'm a woman. If you know your young daughter is talking to a man and this man who is obviously male says, no, I'm a woman. And you have to tell your child to suppress every instinct that they have, to suppress everything that they've observed about the world, everything they know to be true, all of those distinctions and definitions that they have squared away in their minds to try to make themselves feel safe and to make things make sense. They have to deny all of that um, instinctual stuff that has been placed in their mind so naturally and just agree with what this person delusionally says about themselves. No. Truth actually matters. Reality actually matters. I'm not going to teach my kids to be accepting of that which is untrue. And none of you should. None of us should. Um, here's something I want to I want to know. I I know about you. You want to encourage openness. You want to break cycles. You want to feel confident as a parent. And this is all harder than it seems. And here's why. Parents have never had the resources we need and deserve to do the hard work of parenting. Well, we've changed that. Um, so good. And then she sells. <laughs> she sells her stuff, um, which is fine. But I don't know if that's true. The parents have never had the resources that we need. I think that things are so constantly changing and the sexual revolution is so strong. And we've been told it's so important to include children in the sexual revolution and the gender revolution and the moral revolution that now these new guides to 
uh, tell to uh, instructing kids and indoctrinating kids and gender ideology are necessary, and they also make a lot of money. Um, so let's go through let's go through a couple of the slides. Like I don't want to go through all of them because it's basically my response is going to be the same for for all of them. But I just want to explain why. Um, why some of these ideas are wrong. Not everything that she says in here are is necessarily wrong, but a lot of it, a lot of it is. So here's one thing that she said in the third slide. Love is love. This is something that she says we should say to our kids. Love is love. Have you ever heard this? Love can come in many forms. Every person can love and deserves love. Let's think about that. Let's just put our thinking caps on for a second. Why do you think it might be dangerous to tell a kid that love is love and love can come in many forms and that everyone can give love and everyone deserves love? Let's think about what we know about abusers. Let's think about what we know about sexual abusers. What do they typically do? This person is a psychologist. I'm sure they know the patterns of pedophilia, the patterns of sexual predation of children. There's a lot of manipulation there. There's a lot of guilt tripping. There's a lot of, if you really loved me, if you really respected me, if you really wanted to be my friend, you would do this and you would keep it a secret. They convince that child, no, this is love. I love you, so we're going to do this. I love you, so I'm going to keep it a secret. I love you, so I want to do this with you, have a relationship with you. That's how many of these serial sexual abusers justify, not just justify their actions, but also convince and manipulate their victims into staying silent and to being as compliant as possible, to causing as little trouble as possible, to making sure that their victim remains their victim for as long as possible. So if you teach your child that love is love, aka there's no definition of it, love is love is the same exact silly, dangerous, stupid logic as trans women are women. It's the same circular logic. You're not actually defining anything. It is all love is in the eye of the beholder and woman is in the eye of the identifier or whatever. The person who I wants to identify as a woman is a woman. Whoever says that they love really does love. So if you call anything love that someone says is love, then that means lust can be love. Um, predation can be love, desire can be love, declaration can be love. If you refuse to actually give your child clarity and definitions on what these really important things are, you are making them vulnerable to abuse. Definitions are a safeguard. Love is love is stupid. It's incorrect. And it can lead to the justification of all kinds of perversion and predation. This is one of the most dangerous lessons that you could teach to your child. Love is love doesn't even make any sense. It won't even make any sense to a child. Again, if you've been around a toddler, they, they don't even tolerate you just giving them a real definition of things. They want to know what do all the words mean in that definition that you just gave me. And not only that, but they want to know why. Like, why is it called that? Why is it called a smoke detector? 
what's smoke? What's a detector? Why does it detect? Where does smoke come from? Like they want to know. They want to know. And it is our job as parents whose brains are hopefully developed to be able to give as many answers as we possibly can in a way that they understand. It is so cruel and so stupid of us to only be able to give this kind of answer to one of the most important and existential questions that exist. What is love? If the best answer that you can give to someone because you're scared of being called a bigot is love, that love is love, then you are in part failing at your job as a parent. That's not the clarity that we are obligated to give our kids. That doesn't mean that we have to know all of the answers always. I don't, sometimes I have to think about, I don't what does that mean? Like, how do I explain that like very basic concept or that very profound concept? But I'm not gonna give a secular definition. I'm gonna think about it because that's my responsibility as a parent. Like, how can I shape their mind in a way that gives them the most clarity possible? This is just confusion, compounding, confusion, chaos, compounding, chaos, which is the way of the devil, of course. Like he is the father of chaos. He is the father of lies. He loves anarchy. He loves these changing identities and this shape-shifting and the different definitions of things so that no one knows up from down or what two plus two equals. But God is a God of peace, not a God of confusion. So as people who love God and follow God, we have to be stewards of and vessels of his peace-filled clarity for the world, but also for our children. Okay, it's grilling month. It's grilling season. It's grilling season. It's summer. It's time to cook out, especially you've got 4th of July coming up, all kinds of occasions. It's just really fun to grill out. You want to make sure that you're doing that with high quality American meat from Good Ranchers. That's what we do in our home. We're not always grilling out because it's a million degrees, but whether we're inside or outside, we are always getting all of our meat from Good Ranchers. We've got the better than organic chicken, pre-marinated, non-pre-marinated. We've got the craft beef. My husband loves the steaks. We're always thinking of new ways to to make the make the meat into some kind of creative meal. My husband is an excellent cook, especially when it comes to cooking steak. And so we just love Good Ranchers. Makes our life so much easier. I don't have to worry about getting meat from the grocery store. I don't have to wonder if it's really made in the U.S. or if it's imported from overseas. What's in it? What's it being injected with? I don't have to worry about that with Good Ranchers. I'm supporting all American farms and ranches. Also, they've got seafood. So if you're a seafood gal or guy, this is also a great option for you. Father's Day is coming up. Go ahead and get your husband, your uh, your dad, a box of Good Ranchers or get them a subscription. You'll save a lot of money when you do that. Um, there are Father's Day deals and bundles, by the way, that you should look into. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Allie. You'll get $30 off your order when you do. GoodRanchers.com code Allie at checkout for $30 off your order. GoodRanchers.com code Allie. GoodRanchers.com code Allie. And you know what the, the most wonderful thing is? Is that while the world gives us confusion, the word gives us clarity. So while the world gives us confusion, the word gives us clarity. So love isn't love. Love is, according to 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient and kind. 
Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And then we could go on with the rest of the with the rest of the chapter there, but you get the picture that there is actually a definition of love according to scripture. And when we give our kids this definition, then when someone says, I love you and that's why I'm abusing you, we can say, our kids can say, no, 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 because love is patient and kind. Love doesn't insist on its own way. It's not rude. It's not irritable or resentful. And it doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. It rejoices in the truth. So even love has a um, distinctive power to tell between right and wrong what's true and what's not. That's why people today who say, well, love is just unconditional tolerance and acceptance. Love is just affirming what anyone believes about themselves or what anyone wants to do. Well, that's not the definition of love. Love doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. It rejoices in the truth. So love in its real definition defined by the God who created it actually distinguishes between what is true and what is not. And love without truth isn't really love. And that's why, of course, this secular ideology has to just say love is love because it can't actually have a standard. It certainly doesn't have a standard that is based in God's word. So 1 Corinthians 13 tells us what love is. And not only that, not only that, we read a lot about love in the in the New Testament in particular throughout scripture. But 1 John 4, 8, as we quote a lot, anyone who does not love God does not know God because God is love. So no, love isn't love. Love is patient and kind. It is not selfish, but God is is love. If God is love, then he gets to define it. He gets to say what it is. It's not just whatever we want it to be. It's not just a feeling. It's not just a declaration. It's not just a statement. It's not just desire or lust. God is love. He created it. Everything that he creates, everything that he does, everything that he says, every parameter that he puts in place, every definition that he gives us is all done in love. If God is love, then nothing that he says or does can be unloving. Therefore, the God who is love made us male and female, Genesis 1, 27, in love. And we cannot out love him since we are not love. So by disagreeing with the God who is love, whether it's about gender, whether it's about sex or whether it's about marriage or whether it's about any form of morality or identity or sin is not loving, but hateful. To be opposed to the God who is love is not to out compassion him or out empathy him, but is actually to be on the side of hate because God not only is love, and he defines love, but he also created us. He also loves us. And so if we define love as 1 Corinthians 13 defines it, if it is seeking the best interest of someone else as God defines their best interest, then we are not loving them by disagreeing with what God says about gender and sex. We are actually hating them. We are doing the work of the devil. The devil hates them. The devil loves confusion. He loves to confuse people about their identity. He loves people to hate their bodies. He loves people to go against God's design for marriage and family and for all of these things. He loves to rope kids into this movement of sexual liberation. And so when we are disagreeing with God about these things, we're not being loving. We're actually being hateful. 
it's not true that love is love. God is love. And love is as God defines it. He defines it very clearly in 1 Corinthians 13 and elsewhere. There's not a way to love God outside of God's definition of love. And so I could go through the rest of these slides, but it's basically, it basically all goes back to the same principle, is that these are not real definitions of virtue, of morality, of love. And this will not teach our children to love well. It will actually teach them to be very vulnerable to all forms of manipulation and all forms of confusion. Again, we are not to give our children confusion and chaos when they are desperately seeking clarity. Thankfully, the word of God gives us so much clarity that the psychologists of today can't. And again, this person like fundamentally misunderstands human nature in general. And so it's not surprising to me that she also lands on these very just wrong, but also dangerous conclusions. All right. There's one more post I want to respond to. There have been a lot of posts that have uh, been floating around. Parents Magazine also um, wrote an article, How to Respond If Your Kid Comes Out to You. Um, basically, you know, it's the emotional and moral extortion that we've seen. If you don't affirm everyone's choices, uh, then you are not just a bigot, but also you are going to encourage your child to uh, harm themselves in some way. So this is, of course, how they wrote parents into allowing their child to go through some sort of body mutilation process when they're teenagers. They say, your child is going to commit suicide. And so you have to go along with that, even though the data doesn't actually show that. Even the people and the children who are allowed to so-called transition, there's a very high suicide rate, not because of a lack of acceptance, but just because when you try to be something that you biologically aren't, there's a lot of distress there. And there's also a lot of underlying issues, typically with the, this gender-confused group of people um, in the United States. So there's a lot of manipulation that goes on a lot of toxic empathy as we like to say that goes on in this parents magazine article all right then there's big little feelings big little feelings is a popular account 3.1 million followers i know a lot of you um watch them or follow them whatever forgot the language there for a second i don't i think maybe i did at one point but i'm pretty i've unfollowed a lot of accounts in summer of 2020 anyone who posts almost anyone who posted black square i'm still following some people who did but who have since come to their senses um who posted a black square i was like nah name name and i'm some of these accounts when after taking care of babies after it was found out that at some point they donated to the trump campaign and claimed like some of these mom accounts that i unfollowed at the time they claimed to be her friend but then totally threw her under the bus because they wanted to be anti-racist allies whatever so i i had to unfollow a lot of these parenting accounts because really like they're progressive I've seen, again, just a misunderstanding of human nature and therefore like a misunderstanding of a lot of parenting, not all of parenting. And again, I'm not saying that there is no good advice that they've given. I'm not even necessarily telling you to unfollow these people. Like if you're a discerning person and you really can chew the meat, spit out the bones, I think it's difficult when like the entire body of it is kind of infected with an erroneous view of human nature. But if that's possible for you, like I'm not not saying that you 
shouldn't follow them. I'm just saying to be extremely discerning. All right, let me tell you guys about Patriot Mobile as we are doing our darndest to switch from companies that hate us to companies that align with our values. This is one company that you can switch to. They are America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They've got the same great coverage as the other major networks, but they are actually using our dollars to support the causes that we believe in rather than the causes, uh, the causes, the organizations, and the politicians that we don't believe in, like some of these big cell providers. So make sure that you check out Patriot Mobile and the deals that they have for you. You can get free activation today with offer code Allie if you go to patriotmobile.com slash Allie. You can also call 878-PATRIOT. Uh, they also have special deals for veterans and first responders. These are groups that they really care about and support. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Allie, patriotmobile.com slash Allie. So big little feelings. They claim to be toddler experts. They posted about mental health awareness month in honor of Pride Month. And they say our LGBTQ youth need us. Everyday LGBTQ plus people face bullying, discrimination and rejection. So they partnered with the Trevor Project and PFLAG, which is Parents and Friends of Lesbians and Gays, two organizations to make this post about mental health awareness for LGBTQ plus youth so called. And so they post some statistics. Roughly half of transgender and non-binary young people found their school to be gender affirming. And those who did reported lower rates of attempted suicide, affirming gender identity, gender affirming clothing, gender neutral bathrooms. And so they're going all in, not just on the idea of being loving towards people and talking to people and understanding, but of children actually being born in the wrong body and transitioning. Now, if you've ever read the story of a detransitioner, if you've ever talked to someone who realizes that they were really just in a, like a delusional and vulnerable state when they thought that they were the opposite gender, you realize like how the social affirmation part of it really led them to then making permanent mutilating decisions um, about their bodies. And so what is being advocated for here. And again, there's that moral extortion piece that if you do not affirm this lie, if you don't celebrate this lie, then you are um, going to cause someone to commit suicide. It's they're pushing this idea that you can be the opposite sex. They're pushing this idea that kids who think that they are the opposite sex, that you shouldn't wait it out, that you shouldn't be patient, you shouldn't ask questions, you shouldn't try to clarify, but that you should just affirm and that everyone else should accommodate this newfound identity. No matter what the underlying issues are, no matter what the home life is like, no matter if there may be other factors that are contributing to this kind of confusion, we just need to affirm because if you don't, they're going to commit suicide. Now, I want to talk a little bit more about the Trevor Project and PFLAG and what it is and why I think it's so odd that an account like Big Little Feelings would partner with them. The Trevor Project released a study back in 2021 at the end of 2021, um, claiming that they had found that so-called gender-affirming hormones for children, which is, this is opposite sex hormones. Gender-affirming is a very Orwellian phrase, meaning the opposite of what it actually says. It was published in the Journal of Adolescent Health in December of 2021. 
um, claiming that it gathered information from 34,000 LGBTQ youth between the ages of 13 and 24, 12,000 identified as transgender or non-binary. And what they said was they found that this uh, that among young trans and non-binary people under 18 receiving gender-affirming hormone therapy was associated with nearly 40% lower odds of having had a suicide attempt in the past year. And they talk also about the affirmation of pronouns and things like that. That all leads to lower rates of suicide. That's what they claim that they found. But there are many problems with this study. Some of the problems have been outlined by journalists at places like uh, National Review. Ginspect is an international international nonprofit of professionals aimed at developing a healthy conversation. Apparently, that's what they say um, in view of sex and gender. They also point out the problems with the Trevor Project data. And by the way, this data was used on Fox News in a very positive way in June 2022 on Dana Perino's show when they highlighted parents who were raising a girl to be um, a boy. So National Review notes this, that according to the website, uh, Trevor Project used an online survey platform. It used targeted social media ads on Instagram and Snapchat to try to get people who identified as LGBTQ, young people between 13 and 24, and um, asked them basically what they identify as and if they are around people that are affirming and then what their suicidal ideation um, has been like. Uh, Jen Speck talks about why this is problematic. Uh, The authors compare the current mental health of young people who want hormones and received hormones with those who want but do not take hormones. The problem is that young people who identify as transgender are frequently told by other young people and others that hormones are life-saving. Speaking as a parent of a young person who is both anorexic and gender dysphoric, I have noted the person from Ginspect is saying that such young people can become very anxious and fixated on starting hormones. So they're talking about how Self-reporting surveys often are not giving you um, giving you a real and holistic picture of what's really going on. They didn't focus in this study on any other mental health problems that these kids might have or what their family life might be like or anything else that may be going on. All they emphasized was, what do you identify as? Do you have all of these so-called affirming things around you? And are you considering suicide? And then they said, well, these people who answered this way had lower rates of suicide. So it is because of these non-affirming things in this person's life that they are considering suicide. Again, without looking at any of the other potential contributing factors here. The author compares um, the fixation on hormones, the author, the Ginspect author, a fixation on hormones to the fixation of someone with anorexia. And says it's, you know, it's very similar that the person who is restricting their calories with anorexia may say that they feel better, that they hate themselves less, that they're more comfortable when they are in that kind of calorie deficit, but it is dangerous to them. And if you prescribe that they just continue to restrict their calories because it makes them feel better, you are still not addressing the underlying issue. They're still believing a lie. It is the same thing with someone who thinks that they are in the wrong body or who sees themselves as the opposite sex. They may feel better when they're on hormones. I've talked to detransitioners, especially girls who want to transition to a boy. The testosterone that they give you makes you feel really good. Physically, it just makes you feel strong. It makes you feel high energy. It feels like it 
fixes your problems. So it's not all that surprising that for a period of time, they may actually feel better. And again, they have been told that this is going to save your life. So there's a little bit of a placebo effect, I think, going on there. That doesn't mean that we should be putting kids on these hormones that irreparably change their bodies for the worse. And they're much more likely to then lead to the actual surgical procedures and things like that. Um, and so Spec says that uh, there are challenges in interpreting the contemporaneous association between mental health and some factor that may elicit anxiety in sample members, like hormone treatment in a trans-identifying population. So there really has only been one long-term study when it comes to this, when it comes to like the outcomes for people who decide to transition through surgery. And that is from Sweden in 2011. They examined data from 1973 to 2003. They found that the overall mortality for sex reassigned persons was higher during follow-up than for controls of the same birth sex, particularly death from suicide. Sex reassigned persons also had an increased risk for suicide attempts and psychiatric inpatient care. And so in Sweden, in a place that is very affirming of people who try to transition into the opposite sex, you saw a much higher suicide rate among people who identify as the opposite sex than you did in the rest of the population, even after, and especially after they have transitioned. Last sponsor for the day, and that is Birch Gold. I don't have to tell you that things are rocky, turbulent, unstable. We don't know what the future looks like, especially for the economy. Congress never seems to know really what it's doing, doesn't have anything together. The national debt skyrocketing. We just want to make sure that our savings are secure. So diversify a portion of your savings into hard assets, into gold. Birch Gold is a great company to help you do that. They've got tons of five-star reviews. They've got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. People love working with Birch Gold because they make it really easy. You can convert an existing IRA or 401k into gold. And if you don't even know what I'm talking about or you're interested in it, but you're not really sure, you can just text Allie to 989-898. They'll send you a free info kit on all this stuff so you can learn more about it. And they're happy to walk you through the process. There's no obligation. Just text Allie to 989-898. Allie to 989-898. PFLAG is the other association that Big Little Feelings uh, partnered with in this post. It's the first and largest organization dedicated to supporting, educating, and advocating for LGBTQ plus people and their family. You might remember that Mario Lopez um, was criticized by PFLAG when he said a couple years ago that three-year-olds should not transition their gender. Three-year-olds and this organization that this toddler account, Big Little Feelings, is partnering with was angry about that. They said, um, it's okay, Mario Lopez. We're here to help provide more education on what being transgender means, the difference between sexual orientation, sex, and gender, and a whole lot of other things. So they were outraged by what he called a very, or what they called a very ignorant comment because they apparently believe that three-year-olds absolutely can be the opposite sex, which is wicked, cruel, evil, depraved, all of the horrible things that you can think of. PFLAG is a major advocate of child transition, and they've been very outspoken about this, especially in the states that are trying to ban these terrible procedures for minors. And so 
like this. I mean, the most radical and extreme and most harmful parts of this movement, of this revolution, are being pushed by these major mommy accounts, like Big Little Feelings, who are supposed to be toddler experts and are explaining to you that your toddler may be the opposite sex so that you will one day put them on puberty blockers, force them into perpetual adolescence because that's what puberty blockers do. Our bodies actually need puberty, both mentally and physically, in order to form uh, healthily. That alone can lead to lifelong infertility and sexual dysfunction. But typically that leads to cross-sex hormones because once you're on this train, it's really hard to hop off. That typically leads to cross-sex hormones and that typically leads to surgery. You're much more likely, once you have social affirmation, to get on the puberty blockers, to get on the cross-sex hormones, to then get the body mutilating surgery. And by then you've done irrevocable harm to your body. You've done irreparable harm to your body. You've probably rendered yourself sterile. You've probably made yourself a lifelong slave to the medical industrial complex. This is the opposite of what people should be doing as parents. This is the opposite of love. It is the opposite of teaching them to uh, accept themselves and to be thankful for who God made them to be. The only compassionate response when someone is confused about their gender is to help them rectify and reconcile their mind with their body, not the other way around. And it's so stupid that we as adults have just completely abandoned our responsibility and our rational thinking because we're so scared of being called a bigot. We're so scared of being called of 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 being accused of not having empathy that uh, we just go along with all of this madness at the expense of our children. What do we always say? Children are always the subjects of progressive social experiments, whether it comes to gender ideology, whether it comes to abortion, whether it comes to the rearrangement of the family, whether it comes to COVID policy, these kids who have no voice, they have no capital, they have no power, they are just subjects to the whims of the progressive people in charge. And all is ever asked is what do adults want? What's best for adults? No one is ever really truly thinking of what is in the best interest of these children. And if you think that the Trevor Project or PFLAG or any uh, entity or account that is promoting them, if you really think that they are caring for the best interest of the kids, you should just really look into a lot of the money behind this as we've talked about. There's a lot of money behind child transition. There are a lot of people making money and then all of the, as collateral damage, all of the perverts get to be a part of it. This idea of um, uh, feminizing a boy or making a girl more masculine, of puberty blockers, of trapping someone in a child's body, like all of this is also a fetish by a lot of perverted adults. And I'm not saying that the people who are promoting all of this on these mommy accounts know that. I don't think that they do at all. I'm not saying that they're even you know, knowingly contributing to that, but that's true. We've talked about it with Genevieve Glock many times. Like there is, there's a lot of power. There's a lot of perversion that's behind this. And again, it's our responsibility as the protectors of our children to stand in the way of that confusion and that chaos. Um, that's our job. Openness, acceptance, and tolerance of evil is not right. It's very dangerous. We can teach our kids to be kind to everyone. We can teach them the nuances of life, the differences of people while still staying true 
to what the Bible says is true. And so I just want to encourage you, like if you are not in the word regularly, if you are not plugged into a local church, you need to be. It's a crazy world out there. There are a lot of questions that our kids are going to have. We need to have the answers to them. We need to be the ones starting these conversations. We need to be the ones setting the guidelines. We need to be the ones laying the foundation for our kids so that they can be wise and strong and sure while also being loving, but loving as God defines love, right? That's what the world needs. And don't be scared, parents or potential parents, about raising your kids in this world. I know it's scary. I know it's confusing. Maybe you feel unequipped, but every generation has faced their challenges and obstacles. And what does the world need more than smart and wise and strong and courageous and clear thinking kids who grow up to be all of those things as adults? That's that's what the world needs. Of course, it needs better people. It needs godly people. And we can be a part of discipling the next generation to be of those things, speaking the truth in love without wavering, without apology. Um, All right. That's all we've got time for today. I really wanted to respond to Jen Hatmaker's uh, post about Pride Month and then as well as this other erroneous study that's being posted and floated around on progressive Christian Instagram. Um, we're also going to talk about the Duggars and the, that documentary at some point. Obviously not today. We'll find time for it. Um, and so you get a lot of you have been asking me about that. So you have that to look forward to. All right. That's all we got time for today. If you love this podcast, leave us a five-star review. That would mean a lot to us. And we will see you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.